we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 24, Ezekiel chapter 24, beginning with the 15th verse. So let's turn our attention to God's word, Ezekiel chapter 24, beginning with verse 15. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, behold, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down sigh, but not alone. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind on your turban and put your shoes on your feet. Do not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died. And on the next morning I did as I was commanded. And the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things mean for us, that you're acting thus? Then I said to them, The word of the Lord came to me, Say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power, the delight of your eyes, and the yearning of your soul. And your sons and your daughters, whom you left behind, shall fall by the sword. And you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. Your turban shall be on your heads, and your shoes on your feet. You shall not mourn or weep. But you shall rot away in your iniquities and groan to one another. Thus shall Ezekiel be to you a sign. According to all that he has done, you shall do. When this comes, then you will know that I am the Lord God. As for you, son of man, surely on the day when I take from them their stronghold, their joy and glory, the desire of their eyes and their soul's desire, and also their sons and daughters. On that day a fugitive will come to you to report to you the news. On that day your mouth will be opened to the fugitive, and you shall speak and be no longer mute. So you'll be assigned to them, and they will know that I am the Lord. very uh, young playing football and high school football in Alabama I had a coach who had all these quaint sayings and uh, one of them was when he would want to berate someone for not paying attention he would say something like you've got your finger in a certain place and your mind in Arkansas and you're rotating every every two minutes. <laughs> so I've felt like that the last <laughs> several weeks. I've been back and forth to Alabama twice to see my mother and then coming back to uh, Denise's uh, mother's funeral. <clears throat> I was trying to think, I should have asked Denise before, was it two or three weeks ago that your mother passed? Three. Yeah. three it'll third. be three weeks tomorrow. Yeah. That her mother passed and we thought Jan would uh, be here for some time it was uh, hmm. it was not unusual for us to get a call she was going to the emergency
emergency room, the, the care facility, the very excellent care facility she, she was in. Uh, we do that periodically just as a precaution, and we thought that was, that was, uh, and, and so I was scheduled to go down to Alabama for my mother's surgery the next, that I was gonna go, uh, leave that evening, Denise uh, talked me into leaving Tuesday morning, so I was still there. When we got the call, we went to the Mercy Medical Center Hospital, and within an hour of our being there, uh, she passed. Suddenly, mm -hmm. we were providentially with her, glad that we were with her. But it was a, it was sudden. It was a, a sudden uh, death, and, um, and it was uh, shocking to us. And. We, we uh, only notice we had was come to the hospital. But as I, I thought about that when I was looking at this passage to study it, uh, we don't know the day of our death or the day of our loved one's death. And uh, it's a mercy. But Ezekiel was not given that mercy by God. He was given a hard thing. We don't know that day ourselves, it's a mercy. We don't know the day of those near us, it's a mercy. But Ezekiel gets the message. Ezekiel, son of man, God's enduring term for Ezekiel, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. And you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down. Um, is a notice of a death, an impending uh, death. Um, the death, the, the, my, I, my old, I have a very old school pastoral education, and my old school go-to pastoral um, theology guy was a fellow named Jay Adams. Uh, if you've not read his books, you should read his books, uh, counseling books. They are, they are among the best. And, but I remember very well one chapter he wrote when I was in seminary. I remember it from seminary. He said, there's nothing, there are two pastoral situations which are the most difficult. One is the, uh, the sudden death of a young child. The, the, the second is the sudden death of a young spouse. These are the two most difficult um, pastoral uh, issues. And I, am, after 40 years of pastoral experience, having learned that in seminary, I, I have to say, I think Dr. Adams is absolutely uh, correct in that. So Ezekiel, who's had his whole life committed to doing these incredible demonstrations to the, the people of Israel in exile, in Babylon, having been sent away from Jerusalem for nine years, having acted out in so many different ways, the judgment that is uh, already come and will come to that city, uh, he has to face the ultimate 
sadness. There's no doubt about who the delight of his eyes um, is in this passage. It's his wife, his beloved wife. And she's going to die. And you're, you're commanded, uh, Ezekiel, not to mourn and not to weep. That is in itself as shocking as the announcement. And he's to do it as a prophetic message to the people of, of Judah. Not only was his beloved wife going to die suddenly, he was not going to be able to go through the usual mourning period and the ritual, the mourning ritual of, of the Jewish community. Uh, I, uh, if, if I were to rewrite burial and funeral customs, I would rewrite them according to the Jewish form. The Jewish form is, you, someone dies, you bury them immediately, and then you have a period of mourning afterwards. Um, and uh, that, that period of time, of, of weeks, several weeks or time, um, is, 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 uh, is determined by the extent of the loss. And I think that's a, that would be a better way of dealing with it. Like Abraham, when Sarah passed, he, he went and bought a grave and he said, let me bury my dead out of my sight. Let me do this and move on and go through a set time of mourning. Well, Ezekiel is not allowed that. You will not mourn, or weep. In public, you will not let your tears run down. That is, that, that is as hard as the sentence that is passed on his wife. Again, the purpose of, of uh, Ezekiel's ministry is to be a watchman and to be one who tells the people the truth about what is coming. And the judgment that is coming upon them will consist of just the same kind of mourning. The people back in Jerusalem were given a similar similar message in the parallel book of Jeremiah. If you turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 16, where there's this incredible detailed um, prophecy of what this judgment looks like. Uh, he talks about... Uh, those who are going to die by the various ways of, of famine, the sword, and, and uh, other, other ways, and how their bodies are going to be treated. They're just going to be, there's going to be carnage all around, and this is how you're going to act. For thus says the Lord, do not enter the house of mourning, or go to lament or grieve for them. For I have taken away my peace from this people, my steadfast love and mercy, declares the Lord, both great and small, 
shall die in this land. They shall not be buried, and no one shall lament for them, or cut himself, or make himself bald for them. So Ezekiel is called to model, to be an example to them of, of how God is commanding them uh, to act. Grief and sorrow is uh, a part of our emotional disposition. It is how God has made us. Uh, without proper grieving and proper sorrow, it's, uh, we people can become totally um, dysfunctional. Um, that's why, it's one of the re reasons the Army has chaplains. Um, we're to um, honor the dead and nurture the living. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of the job description of a chaplain. I, I don't like that job. My, my, my definition of an Army chaplain is guarantee soldiers uh, First Amendment rights. So if you want to talk to me about that, you can. But, but that was part of the, the underlying job description. Because the Army knows that if people spend too much time in battle mourning the loss of their comrades, they will all be defeated. So they must have know that there's going to be a proper time after the battle that that is going to be accomplished. So it must, it must happen. In other words, Ezekiel, the people of Israel, and you do not have time to mourn because of the intensity that is coming, uh, the intensity of the judgment that is coming. And he tells, uh, tells Ezekiel, he tells the people exactly what this means. The people are curious. I mean, they see what happened. They see this horrible tragedy. Ezekiel's wife dies suddenly and they see him dressed up and and, uh, and stoic-faced and not going through the normal mourning that someone would do when the delight of their eyes has been taken away. And they say in verse 19, what? What? Will you tell us what these things mean for us that you're acting this way? And he proceeds to tell them Say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power, the delight of your eyes, and the yearning of your soul, and your sons and daughters whom you left behind. They shall fall by the sword. The desecration of the temple, and the desecration of the city of Jerusalem is what is in view. Um, it, just, it goes back to the issue of idolatry. I mean, in this case, the idolatry is of something God gave. It was the, it was the city of Jerusalem and the temple. And it is, it is um, our hearts are such that we make idols even out of the good gifts of God. So often, those wonderful things that God gives us become idols. And sometimes the only way for us to know the extent of our idolatry is for those things to be taken away. This is a painful, painful.
painful process that God involves his people, his people in to show us in the midst of suffering and, and sudden death and tragedy that he is God, that he has made a people for himself and he will be worshipped and no one else. He is telling the people of God that he will, he will not tolerate their spiritual adultery. They're not, they're not going to escape the judgment of God. Some, whoever said that God will never give you more than you can handle, uh, never read the Bible, never lived very long. Uh, because I think I, I have discovered that God often gives us much more than we can handle. Again, and why does he do this? He, he does this to show us that he is God that we must completely and utterly depend upon him uh, for everything. God's people throughout the world at any given time are going through unspeakable suffering. Um, our brothers and sisters in, in places like China and North Korea who are, who are imprisoned daily, put to death daily for their, uh, their uh, the mere act of what we're doing tonight, assembling together for worship, brothers and sisters in Africa and sub-Saharan Africa and many places risk their lives every Lord's Day to gather for worship um, wondering if they're going to be attacked and uh, uh, places like Pakistan it's a, a, a very common experience for uh, worshipers to have a grenade rolled into their service and, uh, and uh, experience uh, uh, death for uh, the uh, audacious act of assembling themselves together to worship God. Uh, we, we, this is not a new, uh, is this experience of Ezekiel and the people of God and the judgment they went through is, is, uh, is ongoing. It's ongoing. And what God expects is uh, of his people in the midst of those tragic circumstances is, is what he's telling Ezekiel and what he's telling the people. Put your turbans on your heads. Put your shoes on your feet. Don't mourn or weep. Realize that you're going to rot away in your iniquities and groan to one another. And Ezekiel is doing this to represent that to you. We're not going to escape suffering in this world, I I, uh, I get so angry at the at the prosperity gospel people. Uh, it is wicked. It is wicked what they tell people that God wants you always to be healthy and wise, and, and if you would just have enough faith that you're going to be great. Again, these people have never read the Bible. They listen to their own vain imaginations. I can only imagine how much their lives fall apart when, when uh, they get the word that Ezekiel gets here. This is, I don't want this word of knowledge and this word of information. Uh, I'm gonna take away the delight of your eyes, Ezekiel. I don't want the word that Job got as, 
as the as um, Satan accused him before the assembly of angels. Have you considered my servant Job? And God proceeds to strip this man down to nothing. And if you look carefully at all of God's chosen servants throughout the Bible, you see the same pattern. They all are, are put into the refiner's fire. All of God's chosen servants must be refined. And the refinement for the people of Judah in this passage is for the sanctuary to be taken away because they had idolized the sanctuary. It was their pride. It was their refuge rather than the God who inhabited that sanctuary. Indeed, that is always a danger for God's people, wherever that place is that they assemble and they meet. And then finally, again, I, my, my study time was limited this week, and I found, I found this morning that my two sermons, you know, write, we write two sermons on the, on the same thing, and it's like, and you find that they kind of blend together, and you kind of go, well, that's a bit, anyway, too much information probably, but, but uh, the day of the Lord is very pronounced here. I mentioned it this morning. Um, the day of the Lord in verse 25. Um, As for you, son of man, surely on the day when I take, the, take from them their stronghold, their joy and glory, the delight of their eyes, and their soul's desire, and also their sons and daughters on that day, a fugitive will come to you to report to you the news. On that day, your mouth will be open to the fugitive, and you shall speak and be no longer mute. So you will be assigned to them, and they will know that I am the Lord. There will be a day. That day will come when all of um, what we see and hold to in this life, including our place of worship, will be gone. And we will stand before the Lord. And what will we say? The only thing that we should say is... Your God, your, our only plea before you is what you've given us through the righteousness of your Son. He is our only refuge. He is our only protection in that evil day when judgment falls. Um, do you know that confidence tonight? Do you have it in your heart? Have you, have you heard that, uh, that good news and appropriated it for yourself in such a way that whatever comes, that is your confidence, that is your joy, that is your strength. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these hard words from Ezekiel. We can't imagine the suffering of this prophet called by you, 
commissioned by you to give his life to telling the truth in the most difficult of circumstances and to have the delight of his eyes taken away as a parable of what is going to happen to the nation. Father, it is, this is a hard thing. And yet, the, these hard things come to every one of us. Some here tonight have gone through these hard things. They know the pain of a sudden death of someone loved dearly and how it hurts. And, and Father, all of us who've had that can't imagine what it would be like to be told not to, not to weep, not to mourn, but to, to go on about the work of telling the truth uh, to those around us. But there is a strong sense that's exactly what we're all called to do. To put our confidence not in the things of this world, the people of this world, the institution of this world, but to put our confidence and trust solely and completely in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we do that tonight as we approach you uh, from the Word of God and in the Word of God and the Lord's Supper. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.